The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the Winter Weekly Rap Show from Hawkeye's Mike. This is our new podcast that focuses on Iowa men's and women's basketball as well as wrestling, plus key updates on Hawkeye's football. You'll hear from Iowa's head coaches and student athletes, as well as sports reporters and special guests. And this week's show includes our own Tyler Chumeland with his On the Mat report on Iowa wrestling. You'll hear from Iowa wrestlers Thomas Gilman and Corey Clark, and it includes special reports on men's and women's basketball, you'll hear from head coach Fran McCaffrey. And this week we have a special guest, LandOf10.com's Bobby Lajess, who talks about Iowa football recruiting heading into the final weekend before the National Signing Day. Hawkeye's mic programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. We have a special recruiting update in this week's show. February 1st is the National Signing Day for Letters of Intent. The Hawkeyes coaching staff has been furiously working across the country, trying to garner the last few recruits it needs to fill out this year's class. We have a special guest, Bobby Lajess from LandOf10.com, who has been following Iowa's recruiting closely going into the final days. Bobby, as we head into the last weekend of recruiting for the 2017 year, it's Iowa's biggest recruiting weekend. They've got at least 15, maybe more recruits coming into Iowa City. This includes both prospects and commits. So let's start off talking about the biggest gets so far in this class. Yeah, I think when you talk about the biggest gets, the best players, the people your the fan base should be excited for, you have to start with AJ Epinesa. He's a defensive end from Edwardsville, Illinois. He's a five-star prospect. He's considered, if not the best, one of the two or three best defensive ends across the country. 247 Sports has him ranked as the sixth best player overall. He was at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl a few weeks ago in January and dominated the his performance there. Turned a lot of heads with what he did. And another name to keep an eye on is four-star offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs, who's from just up the road in Mount Vernon, Iowa. He has the look of the offensive lineman Iowa likes to go after. He has size. He's athletic. He has long limbs. He looks like he could be their potential left tackle of the future. The kid's about 6'4", 290 pounds now, and he has really huge legs. So those are the two building blocks. And for Iowa, if your two building blocks are along both sides of your line, that you know that might be the most Iowa thing they can do for a recruiting class. Biggest misses? I would have to say the biggest miss they've had in this class is Eno Benjamin, the four-star running back who was committed to them, committed earlier this year, decommitted with them after some issues with him taking visits, not necessarily telling Iowa about all of them. The no-visit policy came into play there. He was arguably the best offensive player they had. He looked to possess all the skills Iowa wants in a running back. Think of somebody like Akram Wadley, but they were doing it at the high school level and showing all of that there. Anytime you 
you lose somebody of that kind of caliber, it's going to be hard for a team to go back and replace it. Somebody, like, especially somebody like Iowa, who they're they're not Alabama. You know, the, the signings they have isn't just going to be a list of all five and four star guys. Now, Benjamin was just one of several decommits. He was the first out of Texas. There were several others, including some wide receivers. Yes, there were. There were four decommits from Texas during the course of October and November. There was also a defensive tackle named Juan Harris who decommitted over three different times from Iowa during the course of his recruitment, who's a 2017 guy. The decommitments really hurt Iowa on two fronts. And the first, they were a top 25 class with all these Texas kids in there. You had a four-star defensive back named Chevin Callaway. You had two three-star wide receivers. You had Eno Benjamin. That's the that's a really great nucleus that you have for an offense, especially when you throw them with Wurtz and with the quarterback they have in Peyton Manziel. And now when you lose those guys, it really hurts Iowa on the offense, and they haven't really come around yet to be able to replace all those guys. They still don't have a second running back in the class to replace Benjamin yet. They have a couple wide receivers. They've gotten commitments from to replace the two they've lost. They're still after a few others, but Iowa went from being ranked, you know, top 25 nationally to now they're sitting in the, you know, depending on where you look, mid-40s to maybe 50s. So they lost some impact kids with those decommitments, and, you know, it, it, really, it really hurts. Most important targets still on the board, and I know several of them. They're trying to flip from other schools. There's some irony there. Yes, yes, there is. You know, that's the way recruiting goes, is if a kid's willing to talk to you, even if he's committed somewhere, a program's going to do it. It doesn't matter if it's Iowa, if it's Alabama, or if it's an SCS program. You know, that's just kind of the way recruiting goes. The biggest name on the board is Oliver Martin, the four-star wide receiver prospect from Iowa City West. He's in a category by himself. He's the only, you know, four-star, that kind of guy they're looking at. There's a lot of other guys that I would qualify as a they're looking for another running back in the class. They have a guy from Florida who's a South Carolina commit, Keyshawn Bryan, who's coming in for a visit this weekend. Nate Whelan from Iowa City High is their linebacking target they're, look- they're looking at now who they just offered this week after Thomas Johnston, a kid from Alabama, picked UAB. And so those are positions of need for them that Iowa still doesn't have the numbers they're looking at in the class. So I think those are, you know, if you want to get past Martin, those are two big names to keep an eye on. And I noticed they offered a punter. He's ranked... I think sixth in the nation out of Wisconsin. They did. His name is Ryan Gershandi, I believe is how you pronounce the last name. He has the credentials. I mean, there's some putting, punting websites, kicking websites that label this kid a five-star prospect. Those sites tend to know more about punters than your traditional recruiting service sites do. He looks to be a really good one, and he'll be in town this weekend. And Iowa has been sniffing around at some various punters throughout the country, and this kid looks to be um, from Milwaukee, from Milwaukee area as good or better than anybody else there. After. So if this is the kid they end up signing, that's I, that's going to be good news for Iowa fans. It's hard to gauge as a fan, you know, what happens when a team gets a punter or a kicker commit. But Ryan seems to be um, as good as you can get in this class on that end. Back to the Oliver Martin situation. He's been hard to read. Uh, I don't know anyone who has a good read on him right now, probably other than his family. But Jim Harbaugh came in late this week. Apparently talked Martin into a visit at Michigan over the weekend. Besides him, at whatever the odds are, any of the current commits of any rumors about any of them being at risk right now? No, it doesn't look like anybody else for Iowa is going to flip. Everybody they have is a pretty solid guy. The Martin recruitment is just one huge question mark. We do know he's taken official visits to Iowa, Michigan State, Notre Dame. He will be at Michigan this weekend. He attempted to take one to Ohio State for part of last weekend, but it didn't really work out. So I think you could call those his unofficial final five and where he goes. 
will be one of those five schools would be my guess. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a random announcement from him Monday or Tuesday on which one he's going to go to. I know the family would prefer to have the decision made before signing day, but they're also taking their time. And so if it means they have to go until Wednesday morning, they'll go until Wednesday morning. But if you want to look at whenever you get big name national programs in there, an Ohio State, a Michigan. Typically, that doesn't tend to fare well for the in-state school or somebody like that, generally speaking, across the board. If the in-state school is only going against maybe a regional team like a Michigan State, historically, they tend to have better odds of landing that type of player. And then when you get the big, big boys coming in, it kind of changes the dynamics of their recruitment across the board. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh. Keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings. Moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Now it's time for your Iowa Wrestling Update. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin, at Tyler Chumlin. This is Hawkeyes Mike, at Hawkeyes Mike, on Twitter as well. Hawkeyes needing a big victory after the loss to Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago in Stillwater. Is the remedy a big match? Hawkeyes needed to hope so. Big match, number two Penn State coming into Carver Hawkeye Arena to square off against number three Iowa. Hawkeyes can't get it done. 26 to 11, the Nittany Lions defeat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Let's go ahead and get through this. 125, number one, Thomas Gilman, his first real true test of the season, I think. Uh, he's wrestled a couple decent wrestlers so far, but Nick Siriano, the freshman from Penn State, currently ranked number three. He uh, went toe-to-toe with Thomas Gilman. Gilman, regular decision, 3-2. to two. After the match, Gilman didn't think he wrestled the best match. Uh, quoting Gilman, he said that he danced with him too much. He messed around a little bit. Uh, here's Thomas Gilman after the 3-2 to two decision over Nick Suriano, the freshman of Penn State. I danced with him. I danced with him. Uh, you know, I, uh, I danced with him. That's all I got to say about it. He was, he was right around the mat. I kind of just kind of chased him a little bit, and I don't, I don't think that's a corner of that mat that we didn't touch as far as me moving forward. Um, but I need to get a hold of him, pull him, pull him in, pull him down, and uh, and you know assert my authority more than more than go out there and dancing with him. I hit one one move and I score on that move. Hawkeyes wrestle Ohio State coming up this Friday. Thomas Gilman's going to wrestle another freshman, number 18, Jose Rodriguez from the Buckeyes. Rodriguez did not wrestle last week against Maryland uh, for Ohio State. A couple Buckeyes missed. I'm going to go through those as we get through the weight classes as well. Uh, Ohio State currently ranked number four in the rankings. It's number three versus number four. Number three, Iowa. Number four, Ohio State. 133, Corey Clark ranked number one going into the duel with Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago, but a loss to Cade Brock dropped him to number three. Penn State meet, good opportunity for Clark to regain his footing. He's able to do so knocking off Penn State's George Carpenter by technical fall, 19-4. Clark knew bonus points were important. He knew bonus points had to be had. He got the bonus points, technical decision. Here's Corey Clark after his big win over George Carpenter, 19-4 in the Penn State duel. It's big for the team. I mean, I hear my coaches yelling to cut him. I have this thing in my head where I feel like I can turn anybody. Especially when I get a bar, I kind of like, oh, I can turn guy but when Tom cut him I cut him and ended up working out and didn't want to waste too much time going for the turn whether I turned him I mean I might have been been able to but if I wouldn't have been able to I would have been wasting clock so it was good for me to hear Tom say that and then to respond to it and cut the guy 
one of the most intriguing matchups coming up in this Iowa-Ohio State dual meet. Corey Clark's going to wrestle number one Nathan Tomasello, who has an NCAA title at 125 under his belt uh, from a few years ago. Gilman pinned Tomasello, if you remember, last year in sudden victory at Nationals. So it should be a good matchup between Corey Clark, the number three wrestler, and the number one wrestler, Nathan Tomasello. 141, Topher Carton squared off against number 12, Jimmy Gulaban. Gulaban started slow in this matchup, but he scored three takedowns in the final period to get the decision 8-6 over Topher Carton. Carton's going to wrestle number 14, Luke Pletcher from Ohio State, coming up in the duel on Friday. 149, Brandon Sorensen, the number three ranked wrestler, squaring off against number one, Zane Rutherford, trying to exact revenge on the Penn State grappler. Rutherford beat him at the Big Tens last year and beat him at the NCAA Championships. Last two losses have been very tough for Brandon Sorensen. This one was an unbelievable match. They went all the way down to the wire. 9-8, Rutherford was victorious in the second tiebreaker by criteria. Unfortunately for Sorensen, he loses to Rutherford again. But maybe fortunately here, he's going to get another tough matchup against another tough wrestler to try and bounce back, get his mind back right. Uh, that'll be the sophomore, Micah Jordan. He's currently ranked number 5. Uh, that'll be in the duel on Friday against Ohio State. Jordan missed uh, the duel against Maryland due to an illness. Uh, just like I said, Rodriguez did earlier. A couple of the wrestlers missed as well. 157, a bright spot for the Hawkeyes so far this year. Number two, Michael Kemmerer. He's been a star. This is his first real test, though. He wrestles number one, Jason Nolf against Penn State. Ultimately lost the match. Very, very tough match, but you could definitely tell in the meet, in the match that Nolf is a little bit ahead of Kemmerer still. Kemmerer's not quite there, which does make sense as Kemmerer's only a freshman. I know he wrestled unattached last year, but Nolf is just that much further. Nolf, the sophomore, uh, scored a 9-4 convincing victory over Kemmerer last Friday. Kemmerer should get Jake Ryan coming up in the Ohio State duel. 165 for the Hawkeyes, Joey Gunther. Another tough, close match. Still not able to get a victory for Gunther, though. Good opponent. Lost in a decision 7-5 to Vincenzo Joseph. Gunther wrestled really well, but, you know, there's a silver lining here. He lost, but he did wrestle tough, and he did wrestle well, so who knows where he's going to be going forward. He's going to get Cody Bircher from Ohio State this Friday. 174, number 13, Alex Meyer. Probably the most electric match of the uh, night at the Penn State dual meet until we, until 184, which didn't go Iowa's way, but 174 did for the Hawkeyes. Uh, Meyer wrestled Mark Hall, the freshman phenom, beat him 7-5 to five in a tightly contested matchup. Meyer was kind of the spark plug many thought the Hawkeyes needed to get back into the dual meet at this point in time, but as I'm going to explain here in a few moments, when we get to 184, not quite the case for the Hawkeyes. Meyer's going to have his hands full. I'm in the Ohio State dual meet. He's going to wrestle uh, number one, Bo Jordan. Bo Jordan missed the Maryland meet due to uh, illness. Should be a tough matchup for Meyer, but Meyer should be flying high a little bit coming off the big win I'm at the end against Mark Hall. 184, number five, Sam Brooks. All the hype ready for this matchup with number two, Bo Nickel. Brooks has a beautiful shot to start the match. Gets in on the leg, looking like he's going to get a takedown. Nickel torques, turns around, falls into a splatle, torques on the legs, is able to get Brooks' back to the mat. He pins Brooks in 38 seconds. Carver Hawkeye Arena, I've, I've felt it deflate many times over the years. It deflated after Nickel pinned Brooks. 
Terribly disappointing match. Puts Penn State up 18-11 to with only two matches left. Brooks gets number 10, Miles Martin from Ohio State, looking to bounce back. But you got to remember, Martin, he beat Nickel for the NCAA championship last season at a, at a weight lower. So, should be an interesting matchup. Look for Sammy Brooks to be very angry. He should be uh, should be a hornet protecting his nose. own nest, I would think, at Carver-Hawkeye Arena trying to beat Martin. 197, Cash Wilkie wrestled well at 197 in the Penn State meet, but ultimately he lost again. You know, this has kind of been the storyline. They're trying to figure out who falls in, Gunther, Wilkie, at these weights that Iowa doesn't have, these elite wrestlers, the guys that are at the top, and 197's kind of been that way all year. Uh, Wilkie wrestled number 10, Matt McCutcheon, loses to him 8-7. to Wilkie's road's not going to get any easier, though. He's got tough matchups coming up. Uh, that's going to start with number 5, Colin Moore from Ohio State. Moore, he's a freshman. He's been absolutely phenomenal for the Buckeyes. Should be a good opportunity for Cash Wilkie to really step up and try to get some points for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Heavyweight. Iowa found out some terrible, terrible news last week. Right before the matchup against Penn State, we all found out that Sam Stoll had surgery. He tore his ACL. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. It's very tough, very, very, very tough to lose a guy like Sam Stoll for the rest of the year. This leaves Iowa with kind of a predicament at heavyweight, though. Stephen Holloway is undersized, but he's the one that wrestled uh, at the Penn State meet, lost to uh, Nick Neville's number 5, 21-6. I would think that they'll go back to Holloway to continue to give him a chance. Now, typically when you wrestle Ohio State, you think, okay, heavyweight, you know, that's Kyle Snyder. This is going to be really, really tough. What are you going to do? How are you going to beat Snyder? But Snyder's overseas. He's wrestling internationally. So you got to think it's going to be Josh Fox, who's been a career backup at heavyweight. It should be a really interesting matchup between Holloway and Fox if that's the route that Iowa decides to go because Fox is undersized a little bit as well and this matchup could be up for grabs and honestly if you look at this matchup, this whole meet up and down, this one could ultimately define the meet. So it should be a tough one uh, for Holloway and Josh Fox. Tough for the Hawkeyes having Sam Stoll go down with the torn ACL. Hopefully he can get back healthy and he can be back ready to roll for next season. There you have it. This has been On the Mat here on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host Tyler Chumlin. Number four, Ohio State versus number three, Iowa at Carver-Hawkeye Arena, 8 p.m. on Friday. Meet's going to be broadcast on Big Ten Network. Next week, Iowa's going to wrestle Wisconsin and Iowa City um, Friday evening as well at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. That matchup starts up starts up a little bit earlier, but again, Iowa has Ohio State, and then they have Wisconsin coming up next week. This has been On the Mat on Hawkeyes Mike. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low-slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll-free at 1-800-383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663.
On the court, Iowa's men's basketball team continued to struggle. After the upset win over Purdue, it's now in the midst of a three-game losing streak. The Hawkeyes were blown out at Northwestern on the 15th, 89-54. Then they had that narrow loss at home to Maryland, 84-76. And then this past Wednesday, they traveled to Champaign, where they were badly beaten by Illinois, 76-64. All three losses were characterized by slow starts and inconsistent defense. Plus, Peter Jock has a sore back that significantly hampered his play, especially his scoring, but also it's impacted his defense. He only had 10 points against the Illini. And then also in Champaign, Jordan Bohannon was slowed in that game by illness. Witness the fact he only scored three points. Both Jock and Bohannon's play in that game did not help with the Hawkeyes when they tried to come back. These three losses have now dropped the Hawkeyes to just 11 and 10 overall, 3 and 5 in Big Ten play. The Hawkeyes finally get to play a Saturday night game at home. It's a blackout game tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Ohio State. It's also on ESPN2. The Buckeyes come into this contest 13 and 8 overall, 3 and 5 in the Big Ten, but they have struggled on the road. The all time series is tied at 78 78. The last six games between these two teams have been decided by 10 points or less. The Hawkeyes badly need a win right now, and they should have a good shot at getting it tomorrow night in what appears to be a sellout. After that, the Hawkeyes travel to Rutgers Tuesday night for a 6 p.m. start on the Big Ten Network. Then they return home to host Nebraska on February 5th. This week, Fran McCaffrey talked about changes in his starting lineup, which has been discussed over the past week or so, and his patience with his young team. I think we can we can over-focus on that kind of stuff because the reality is we have had some inconsistencies that have to be addressed. Sometimes they're at the start, sometimes they're at the end. You know, the Maryland game, we're up two with three minutes to go. I'm more focusing on what didn't we do in those three minutes than I was about the start of the game. Well, if you didn't have a bad start, then you might have, you would have been up seven. Well, the game has different ebbs and flows. Teams go on runs, lineups click. We had a unique lineup on the floor that night. I mean, who saw that coming? Uh, nobody, right? But that lineup played great together, and I was so proud of those guys. And the crowd was into it, and here we are, down, down a bunch, up two. Actually, we're up three. So I don't really dwell on that. I don't think we should, but uh, we're just trying to develop consistency for 40 minutes, which you know, hasn't happened a lot. You know, and it's not uncommon for, for a young group. But we have really fought hard, and I've been really proud of those guys at times. I think it is difficult, and I have to be careful with myself. Remember I said the other night after the game, like, i got to evaluate myself. Am I being patient enough? Am I being fair because my, of my impatience? The thing about this group is they want it bad. They're working at it to be really good at it. So as a coach, that's all you can ever expect. You know, and I mean, they're giving me everything they got. All we can do is keep working to try to help them, help them get where they need to get to. And that's what we're, 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 we're I mean, as a staff, we're grinding. And they need to see us grinding because they know we're trying to help them. And then at the same time, patience is going to be necessary. And occasionally, you know, I've lost my patience because they're, they're not getting something that I thought they should get. You know, I thought the other night in particular, I was much more patient maybe than I was in a previous game or two. You know, the thing I go back to the Northwestern game, that's going to help make you lose your patience more. Why? Because we were terrible at times, but it's still 25-22. It's still, you know, 51-42. We're right there, you know. So that's going to be disappointing if we come apart at that point in time. Sometimes you just got to go through it. You know, when you see coaches lose their pace and sometimes it's, okay, we're beyond youth now. That 
you should know that. I'm expecting you to know that. You know, I try not to be unrealistic with my expectation for any particular player or team. I always say, I, I, and I tell kids this when I recruit them, I'm never going to ask you to do more than you're capable of doing. That is unfair. So if we're, let's say we're messing up on ball screen defense, I'll say to Cordell, I don't expect you to be at the right place at the top of the key and then also guard the guy on the block. And how foolish is that? Like You're, you're trying to do both. You can't. You got you to, gotta, okay, what's the main? Make the main thing the main thing. That's what Sherman Dillard always says. Get up and let's guard the ball screen. If the guy rolls, that's somebody else's responsibility until we can get our rotation straightened out. But if you don't come up on the ball screen to start with and you're late to the party, well, that's a different story. Okay, You know you have to be up. It's those kinds of things that, that, that you're constantly balancing as a coach because ultimately you want a sense of fairness. So if I make a substitution or if I make a change in the starting lineup, you want a sense of fairness. Uh, I gave him a fair chance. I'm going to try this guy now and then try to communicate. Well, it's not that I don't like you anymore. It's, we want to give him a shot. You're still going to play. All right, well, let's contribute off the bench. Might get the same amount of minutes. Obviously, Nicholas Bear doesn't care whether he starts or comes off the bench. He knows he's going to play a lot. He's going to impact the game when he's out there. McCaffrey was asked about Peter Jack's sore back, how he handles it as a coach, and the playing time Jack is getting. For me, it's real simple. What does the player say? What, what, are, what do the trainers and doctors say? I don't get to make that decision. If, if they're declared fit for duty and he wants to play, I'm going to play him. If he feels uncomfortable about that any time and, and the trainer's like, hey, we got to shut him down, then I'm going to shut him down. You know, there's not going to be any further discussion like, whoa, wait a minute now. We need this. No, none of that stuff. Whatever, whatever they tell me. So even if he comes out and he's banged up and he's sitting over on the side and they're tending to him, then Brad will come and say, hey, he's good to go. The only time I didn't put him back in when I was told he was good to go was the second half of Northwestern. To me, I was like, you know, that, that doesn't make sense right now, even though he is okay to go back in. But every other time, I put him back in. You know, if he is sore in certain areas, you know, rest can only help you. Is it one of those things where the first time he gets banged, it's going to feel the same regardless if he takes two days or ten days? I, I can't tell you that. Only he can tell you that, and only our doctors and medical personnel can tell you that. You know, he's obviously been struggling physically. I think we can all agree to that. And, you know, I don't really want to see a guy struggle physically. I mean, you know, my, our job is to try to help him, like I said. So it's whether it's X and O, whether it's how can we get you to feel better. I'm always encouraging my guys, look, if, you got, if you're banged up, you got to live with, you got to live in a training room. You can't show up five minutes before practice. Hey, I need a treatment. It doesn't work that way. You got to get in in the morning. Then you got to come back in an hour and a half or two hours before practice. Then you got to get in a cold tub. Then maybe another treatment. Then you got to eat right and sleep right on top of that because it's a long season. You know, I think we have pretty smart, mature guys that, that sort of get that component. That's been good. We haven't had a lot of problems that way with guys. You know, just all of a sudden they can't go because they've completely neglected their body. I mean, our guys are pretty smart that way, and they're educated by us and by, by our training people. And McCaffrey talks about tomorrow night's Ohio State game, which is a rare Saturday evening contest at Carver Hawkeye Arena, and he was asked if he'd like to see more of those. I would like to see more. You know, I think our fans would like to see more, but, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of factors that go into that. And you know, it's decided by the league. You know, I just show up and play whatever the game is. I mean, I don't make a big deal about it one way or the other. But if you're asking me my opinion, I'd rather play more. But there, there are so many factors that go into it as you try to put the league schedule together with regard to TV and so forth. You know, I, I think we all probably prefer Saturday games than Sunday games, although Sunday games have been good for us in the past. I mean, a lot of families come out on Sundays. They can't be here on Saturdays. So, you know, I don't think it's bad that you play some Sunday games, but I don't want to play all Sundays.
Also on the court this week, Lisa Bluter's team continued its streak of solid play. Last Saturday, easily grabbing an important Big Ten win over rival Minnesota, 80-65, in front of what was the largest crowd so far this season, over 7,000. The Hawkeyes totally dominated the second half in that contest. They scored 45 points while they held the Gophers to just 29. There are potential implications for some kind of postseason play. The Gophers' RPI was 17 points higher than Iowa's going into that game. And with the win, the Hawkeyes gained sole possession of fifth place in the Big Ten. Iowa is now 13-7 overall, 4-3 in conference play, but things get much tougher once again on Sunday when Iowa travels to Maryland for a 1 p.m. start on ESPN2. The Terps, well, they're leading the Big Ten, 20-1, 8-0 in conference play. Now, Iowa played much better than the final score indicates when it lost to Maryland 98-82 at Carver-Hawkeye on the 14th, but playing Maryland on the road will be even tougher. Then looking ahead to next week, Iowa hosts Rutgers in a 7 p.m. game on Thursday at Carver-Hawkeye. They easily handled the Scarlet Knights in New Jersey on the 17th, defeating them 71-59. This game also marks another return from a former very successful Iowa head coach, C. Vivian Stringer, who heads up the program at Rutgers. Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook. Thanks to Tyler Chumlin for the wrestling report and to Iowa's coaches and student athletes. And special thanks this week to LandOf10.com's Bobby LeJess for the recruiting update for Iowa football. We hope you've enjoyed this program. All Hawkeyes Mike podcasts are available and can be subscribed to on iTunes, Overcast, and other podcasting apps. HawkeyesMike.com, podcasting Iowa athletics for 10 seasons. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion many voices nice work everyone sharp broadcast really good everyone on the floor as well really a lot of hustle i liked it this has been a presentation of hawkeyes mike llc